Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We're going to preview the hell out of some SEC tonight. Yeah, let's preview the hell out of some SEC. Let's, uh... I like how everyone's like, uh, well, we'll get into it, but, you know, it's just like, LSU's overrated. Like, we're picked to finish third. What do you want out of us? <laughs> By virtually everyone, too. It's not like... <laughs> yeah, like, that's the consensus pick. It's, you know, like... It's not like, like, in the past couple of years, you know, like, Herbie or Corso, yeah, they'd go on ESPN and be like... I'm I'm like an LSU this year. If they can get it together at quarterback, they could be a national title. There's none of that. Yeah, no one's saying that. So, yeah, it's just, you know, what are you going to do? Just because we drive, we drive views. We do. And it's, it's not a, it's not very fun to say, you know what? LSU is properly rated in the preseason. (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, I think Barrett Sally thinks we're going to, like, you know, keep fighting with him, but we're all kind of over it. Yeah, like, we don't, I don't give a shit. Is he still, like, doing something? He's just in that CBS crew. I know that Dodd wrote the little blurb about them. Yeah, like, I was more irritated with Dodd not knowing what overrated means, but, uh. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. (laughs) But, yeah, like, Sally thinks we, you know, stay up thinking about him, and we really don't. (laughs) He also picked A and M to be the uh, underrated team. That's, you know, I guess we're spoiling the show already, but it's, that's not crazy. No, I mean, I, I can see a world in which Texas A and M has a really good year. He at least caveated his opinion by saying this could totally bite him in the ass because he's well aware, which was like one of the more self-reflexive things I've ever seen him write. So, I mean, like, yeah, I think A and M is a very volatile team. Like, they could do really well or really bad, and that makes them ripe for being underrated considering they're picked to finish, you know, fourth or fifth, depending on who you talk to. My big issue with picking them is they are basically a worse version of us. So why would you pick them? Yeah, I, 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 I do agree. And also, not, yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess we've we've just gotten straight into the previews. <laughs> I figured I showed up late. We should just get rolling. Yeah, let's just get right the right into it. We don't waste any time. This is a sneaky good podcast. I'm Poser. That's Dan. We're talking SEC. and a half from kickoff yeah 10 days yeah um so we are trying to broaden the focus to at least the rest of the sec we might briefly talk about the rest of the country but i doubt it because you know we don't care yeah fuck them 
<laughs> Actually, I do care about the rest of the you know the rest of the conferences, but I do too. I and I'm in a I'm in an interesting position. Being this will be my first college football season outside of the Central Time Zone, which will totally change my watching demographics. Yeah, uh, leaving God's time zone is a mistake. But uh, there is something to be said for you know watching college football over breakfast. I feel like I I've tweeted about this a little bit, but I'm going I'm going to adopt a non-power five west coast team i'm leaning okay. i'm leading i'm leaning towards san jose state right now they have kind of cool uniforms but i know yeah, nothing blown, about them they get blown out a lot they play uh this weekend so that you can get you can kind of dip your toe into the pool i might like they play, ping their uh whatever our blog is for san jose state and be like can i write about san jose state football this year <laughs> just for fun yeah like um they're gonna um, play uh, uh, what South Florida first week. That's not good. They're, they're they're doing a year zero, so you can kind of get an idea if it's a good idea to root for San Jose State or not. I'm also pretty sure I saw their head coach on a hiking trail in Oregon. Uh, I was like right behind him for a good mile or two, and there was lots. There of, you go. Lots of talk about RPOs and packages, and I was like, these guys are coaches. And then like, yeah, so you know you're. I pieced it together. You're practically brothers. That's you're, true. You know, you're almost on the staff. So I bet if I called him, he'd remember me. If you knew what an RPO was on the West Coast, he might. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But it, as we're saying, like, yeah, I, de- yes. I derailed us. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, no, it's okay. A and M is definitely a worse version of LSU. I think that's a really good way to phrase it. Also, I don't think LSU is nearly as volatile as A and M is. If you look at last year, pretty much everything that could go wrong did, and LSU still finished right around fifteenth in the country, went eight and four. I, I think that's about as crappy as things could get for LSU last year. This year, maybe they could win seven games if everything goes wrong again. But I don't. I really don't see that huge range of possibilities like I do for like an A and M or an Arkansas. Yeah, I'm with you. I don't really get the. Uh, I mean, it's at that time of the year where I'm talking myself into LSU being great, of course, because if you don't repro- if you don't approach every college football season with like relentless optimism, then. This game is a Why are you game. doing this? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Because it, it's supposed to be fun. You, and that is one of the things I like about delusional optimism every year is you just kind of – you roll into the season on a high note. You, you don't – I don't know. I, I don't like mourning your fandom. It's true. So it is uh, it, it's, endless, it's, endless hope and then uh, like insufferable heartbreak. Yes. Yeah, you look. It's, it will end in heartbreak. And also – I. The big thing about this year is that Alabama is so clearly ahead of the rest of the conference. Yeah. It's almost sad. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Um, so, let, I mean, let's start. Bama is clearly the heavy favorite. They're the favorite to win the SEC. They're probably the favorite to win the national title. Is there, any scenario, is there any scenario where they don't win the West and don't win yeah, the Yeah, and that's... That's kind of what I say. What is the chances of them? I was. This is my scenario. How? Because I think this is not out of the realm of possibility that they lose to either Auburn or LSU. 
Yeah. Um, I think both those games are losable games for them. So if they go seven and one in conference and then the team that beats them actually gets their shit together and plays seven and one for the rest of the year, drops only one other game, then I think there's a way for Alabama to lose the West. I think that's the only way it happens at a seven and one tie. Do you think, obviously this doesn't play into SEC standings, but Florida State game, that's a losable game. That's a very losable game for them. Um, I actually really like Florida State this year. Um, And Alabama, they're not quite as good as they were last year. I mean, you can see that they're not quite as good. It's just that no one in the SEC closed the gap. Yeah. So they put – even though I don't think they're quite as awesome as they were last year, and I do think they were the best team in the country last year. They just didn't win the title. That happens. Um, Breaks my heart. Just breaks my heart. I'm really torn up about it. But I think if you look over the entire course of the year, I think everyone could probably agree that Alabama – played the best throughout the entire season. They just got beat in the fourth quarter against, I mean, a really good Clemson team. Yeah, I would say they they ran into a team that was nearly as good as them and had the best quarterback. Yes, and also had that special night. Yep. Um, I think Florida State is every bit as good as Alabama right now. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think the spread's out on that yet, but I would be reluctant to take either of them as a favorite. I'd like to see what kind of points I'm getting. <laughs> um, and and Florida State is a is one of the few teams that can say they've recruited at least nearly as well as Nick Saban. Yeah, they're in that. They're approaching the tier. And uh, I mean, and this is beyond Bud Elliott's blue chip ratio. This is holy god. There's just studs everywhere. Um, that's the level Alabama's at. So. Well, I think Alabama won't be as good this year. I do think there's still a huge gap between them and the rest of the SEC, SE West. And yeah, I can see a scenario where they lose two games. They could lose to Florida State very easily to start the year. And then I don't think it's in stone they're going to go eight and zero in the West. Uh, they, Bama tends to go seven and one. If you look throughout the last five or six years, they tend to drop a game. Mm-hmm. So. If I don't think they're quite as good as they are last year, their schedule's a little bit tougher, I think two losses could easily happen to them. Yeah, I don't feel like their front seven is... It's talented by obvious all measures, but it's not quite as god as it has been the last couple years. They're bringing in some newer players. It's not terrifying. And I think the last couple years, you've looked at it and and thought to yourself, this is a terrifying unit. What do we do? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like this team could play in the NFL right now. I mean, yeah. this front seven. And that's always been the strength of their team is that front seven. And I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not going to say their linebackers stink, but I'm not in love with their linebackers as much as anyone else is. I know they had like two players on the preseason All-SEC team. And I thought that was a little, a little generous because I think they were both first team. But I think Georgia's linebacking core was better just on paper. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that pans out over the course of the year, you know, we'll see. But, and also like the front four or front three, I mean, once again, five stars all the way around, but it's not quite 
last year's unit, which was just silly. <laughs> well, when you get a guy like John Allen to come back for senior year for no conceivable fucking reason, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you're going to be stacked. And so, yeah, I just think there's a few more weaknesses. You can at least see the seams. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And so they're not invulnerable. I think you can look at them and say, okay, I can see how we can beat these guys. The thing is, is that you then, you know, actually have to do it. And that's going to be hard. Yeah, this is going to be one of those hilarious, either we're going to be dead on or we're going to look back in like five weeks and they're going to, only, going to have beaten everyone by like 35 points. Yeah, and, and the thing is, the way I see that happen, I don't see them beating Florida State by 35 points. But everybody else, the problem is, is you look at the rest of the West and you're just like, who's going to beat them? Yep. I mean, no one really just, there's no one that gives you any degree of confidence. And they have mostly their best teams at home. Um, it, they, they do have to go to Auburn. They go to State. I don't really know. I'm not yeah. as keen on State as everyone else. I, I like State for what they are, but they're not going to be Bama. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah. They go to A&M. I, Yeah, and that's you know can be a tough out, but you know A and M's not the easiest place in the world to play. No, that crowd should be hot. A and M, it's it's October seventh, so A and M will still be good then. Honestly, and this is where I start taking crazy pills. um, I actually really like our chances this year against Alabama because I think this is the first time in a long time that they might honestly overlook us. I'm not buying that. I mean, I think over the last few years, we've LSU has gotten Alabama's best shot. I mean, even preseason, LSU has circled the calendar that LSU is the game. And they can say it's the biggest game on their schedule and how important it is, but they've now won six in a row. Yep. And it, it, there's no one on that roster that has ever lost to LSU. There's no one whose head is in the game who, who has that reminder. So... And they've never really put forth even a B effort against LSU. Yeah, not really. I mean, maybe maybe like a a lackadaisical half. Yeah, and so I think I'm not saying look, Bama normally doesn't turn out C level efforts, but I think there's a chance they turn out a B B minus effort against LSU this year. Unless LSU, of course, rolls in the game undefeated, then you know, yeah, forget it. But. You know, another thing about Bama that I think no one is talking about, and I think David Hale, I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but he's he's mostly ACC, but he dabbles in some national stuff. All right. Um, he had a tweet. He was tweeting about this yesterday or the day before about that he is skeptical of Hertz. And I am with him. I, I don't... Let's caveat this with the fact that he was a true freshman and he was very impressive as a true freshman. I think he was SEC Offensive Player of the Year. So it's like, damn, you know. But I don't think he has the full array of passing ability. And I think teams in the back half of their schedule caught on to that. And so he, maybe he really developed in the offseason. But now that yeah. they don't have a defense that's all-consuming – I don't know. I think he's going to have to play better, and I don't know that he has it in him to like be like that upper tier type of player. I, I mean, 
if you look at his numbers last year, I mean, they're good, but they're not blow your doors off great or anything. Nope. Um, I mean, he averaged 7.3 yards per attempt, which, I mean, that's good, but that's kind of right around league average. I mean, Danny Etling was at 7.9. That was Hale's big thing is that Hertz made most of his hay in the passing game by throwing screens and behind this, you know, right at the line of scrimmage. And yeah, when you asked to throw downfield, he couldn't do it. Yeah, you, you know, you look, I'm looking at his game log right now. We had a huge game against Mississippi State. He also had a great game against Auburn, so that yep. tends to help. But, yeah, I mean, he did have some pretty ordinary games throughout the schedule. Uh, Tennessee held him to 172 yards, A&M 164. LSU held him 10 of 19 for 107. Yep. Uh, Florida, he was 11 of 20 for 138. Um, he was terrible against Washington and even worse against Clemson. So, yeah, I think uh, you can really make a case that he was certainly not the guy who was making the offense go. And don't forget, they lost Lane Kiffin. And as much as we want to shit on Lane Kiffin, yeah, no, a great job at Alabama. And then offense did look worse without him. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, we do want to shit on Lane Kiffin because he's a piece of shit. But he's a really good football coach. I mean, he knows a lot about the sport. Yeah. And, yeah, I think with – like, Jalen Hurts, I think, is, was first team preseason All-SEC. Yeah. I think that's kind of, And I think that's crazy. Um, yeah, to be clear, I'm not saying this guy's going to fall off a cliff and be awful. I'm just saying he could regress. And yeah, the standards If he regresses – Hell, even if he doesn't regress, if he just does what he did last year, I don't think that's enough. Yeah. He needs to get better. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I can see that he's not quite the you know this invulnerable stud. But then again, Bam has never really had. I don't want to say never, but Bam's quarterback has really not been the guy who makes it go. True. So, uh, and you know they still have you know their receiver. And, you know Calvin Ridley is still there. Yep. So that covers up a lot. A million running backs. Yeah, a million running backs. Um. It, uh, it's going to get depressing if we keep talking. Bama is clearly the front runner, but they are there are vulnerabilities. I agree. Jalen Hurts is a little bit vulnerable. The front seven's not quite as awesome as it was last year. Um, they tend to drop a game in conference play. Um, maybe they drop two. I, I mean, it's possible. I, I could see this team dropping two. I don't think it's likely. Um, but I don't see them dropping three. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting team. I mean, it it feels like a team it, that we wouldn't rate as highly if there was someone else there to stand up to them, and there's not. That's kind of how I, I view it as well. I think the problem is not that Alabama – Alabama's kind of been at the same level. They've fallen back a little bit, but no one has closed the gap. And I guess that leads us into Auburn, who is the consensus number two pick in the conference. And <sighs> that is – I do not – I do not trust at all. Well, yeah. Reason number one, I'm of two minds on Auburn. I think they might and probably will have the best offense in the conference. Okay. Um, but I think their defense is going to fall back pretty far. What Steele did in their in his first year there kind of pissed me off. <laughs> it's surprising <laughs> is putting it lightly. I mean, I still think they were clearly behind Bama, Florida, LSU. 
yeah. who I think all three had elite defenses. I think Auburn was the best of the rest. But that's the rest. That plays. That's a step up for them. That's, and also Steele, who was so terrible for us. Yes. Just, just an awful coordinator. Because before, when he got hired, we had an argument that he was you said he was going to be a total disaster so congratulations you were correct and I said he was going to be the Gary Croton of uh, defensive coordinators have one good year and then fall off a cliff because that was his pattern everywhere else yeah Um, so I think Auburn got his one good year yeah I'm with you I I think he's back on his pattern I they lost some good players they lost a lot. They lost some really good players up front. I, I man, I think Carl Lawson has got to be one of the most underrated players of the last ten years. For sure, that guy was great. Yeah. I, 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 Auburn does not beat LSU last year without Carl Lawson. I don't yeah. even think the game's close without Carl Lawson. And they lose him. They lost Adams. And I know they still have some experience and some depth on that line, but they lost just amazing players up front and the guys who are replacing them I don't think are amazing maybe Merlin Davidson but other than that yeah it's not uh... I mean but you know they do return what eight nine starters on defense I mean, and it's they return almost that entire defense that once again was the best of the rest but I think losing Adams and Lawson is going to make a huge difference for that team um because that was a team that could generate some pressure. I mean, they didn't. You know, they were only eight. They were only eighth in the conference in sacks, and I, I think they could fall down to, you know, twelfth, thirteenth, fourteenth. And if they're not getting pressure on the quarterback, the whole thing falls apart. Yeah, that's a, the way I look at it. Is I like, I liked the front of their defense last year. I still don't think they have a lot of back-end difference makers. And now their front-end is going to regress a bit. So, I mean, unless some of these guys in the secondary are better than I'm thinking, I it just seems like the unit will fall down. I'm not, again, it's not like they're going to be terrible, but I just don't see them. Auburn was kind of turned themselves into like an, a vintage LSU team last year, just playing like very slog-it-out physical football running the ball a lot with Pedway and like yeah they didn't have a great I, I, passing game they just kind of like smashed people and wore on them and I, I they, they will have a great passing game this year because I'm a big believer in Stidham but I don't know but also that offense is something that might hurt their defense yeah that was that um, was the next thing I was like if they pick up the pace suddenly that defense has to be on the field I don't think they're they have a ton of depth on defense it's going to be like Chavis being hung out to dry by the Texas A&M offense, the yeah. Texas A&M offense, and I think Chavis is a better defensive coordinator than Steele by far. Yes, and uh, he's had problems adjusting to an offense with r- really high pace. Yeah, and I, I think Steele is going to have that same problem. <sighs> so, and also, like Auburn is the least reliable team in the SEC. Uh, there yeah. are nine possible win totals you can have in the SEC, zero through eight. In the last nine years, then, they have achieved seven of them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are all over the map. Um, They're also a, a nice case of – I feel like people are being optimistic about them because they went to the Sugar Bowl and just 
skipping past their awful record. Like they were eight yeah. and five last year. They were not anything special. And I know that you know the shining moment of Auburn's season was playing Clemson exceptionally well. I mean that was the best thing they did. Well, they curb stomped Arkansas, but I don't know. I mean they, they beat LSU. I mean, we'll give them that. They, they beat yeah. LSU, but they but they beat LSU at home. Yep. And they needed a really fortunate call to do it. Um, you know, when the, when the game's clock stuck zero, they had lost the game and then went to review and they won. That's I'm, still counts. I'm just saying it wasn't like they, they blew the doors off them. This is a team that lost to A&M. Um, you know, Georgia beat them, and that's when Georgia was kind of in free fall. Yeah. I mean, you look at it like, you know, what's their good win? You know, yeah, I guess they they did curb stomp Arkansas. I, I give you that, but other than that, it's really their best win was a home, you know a controversial home win over LSU. And I think that's where I get hung up on this whole LSU is overrated, but people are hyping Auburn because I'm looking at the teams from last year and saying those two teams weren't conceivably all that different. They basically finished with the same record. They played neck yeah. and neck. They both kind of had these. They didn't beat really anybody good on their schedule, but they beat all the bad teams. Yeah, I don't think that's the, the way to say it. They beat the LSU teams actually beat the good team in their bowl game. I mean, yeah. yes, I know. I know OU is better than Louisville, but I don't know. I just, I don't. I, I guess the thing you can ride with Auburn is that they have a star quarterback recruit that we've seen play a little bit. Yes, but he also played in a different offense. I mean, the yeah. Baylor offense is not the same as Auburn's offense. I mean, the Baylor spread is its own beast. But if anybody's close to it, it's Gus. Yeah. And, you know, people forget this, but, like, Gus's offenses when he, he was in high school, I know it's been ages, but he aired it out. He threw the ball a lot with Mitch Mustaine. So, I mean, yeah. I don't think it's past him to return to something like that if he has the, the cards to play. So, and, and, look, he has great running backs. Yeah, for sure. He's, he's got a, he's got a great duo. You love their uh, running backs. I do love their. I mean, it's it's not quite as good as George's duo, but I do think they're on the same level. I think the the, the top four, the top four. I just think Auburn is just a step behind Georgia. But at the same time, I could rank Georgia, LSU, or Bama in any one of the top three spots and not lose any sleep. Yep. It just depends on what you like. I think LSU is the best singular player. I love Georgia's one-two punch. And Bam, of course, has the most depth. They could just come at you with like five or six guys. Yep. I think it's a good way to summarize it. Um, and so it's, you know, dealer's choice. It's whatever you like. Um, Auburn is the same as Georgia, only a half step behind them in quality of their one-two punch. Because um, let's face it, your depth has really two running backs most of the time. For sure. And so I think some of Alabama's depth is a little bit for show. Or it's more long-term. Yeah, unless you know, you're just a- really committed to a committee – where you like legitimately give it to five different guys every single game, like a triple option offense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's different, but yeah, it's usually but top two guys a, share the load. I, I think the problem with Auburn is like I, I have no idea what they're doing their receiving core. It's very similar to LSU's. Um, yeah, there's some guys who've been recruited, but I don't think they were they were as hyped as LSU's recruits. But just basically a bunch of guys who have done nothing. Yep. A lot and, of unproven talent. And so I think that's, you know, I think that's 
as much as we're like, oh, the offense is going to be great because they have this you know incoming quarterback. Who's he going to throw the ball to? And normally I wouldn't worry that much about it, but Auburn is always such a volatile team. They have such a history of you just have no idea what to expect from them. Whenever you think you figure them out, you're totally wrong. Yeah, that's for sure. Like, no one saw 0-8 coming when they went 0-8. Nope. You know, they were supposed to be good that year. Yeah, def- definitely. And the year they went eight, no, they they weren't supposed to be good. It's just Auburn's a really hard team to figure out. And, the, and I look at them as I, re- I really do like their offense. Um, I'm with you on Stidham. I do think he's going to be the best quarterback in the conference. But I am worried about his targets. And I'm, I think that defense is just not going to be able to take the strain. And I don't think Stidham is good enough to carry it all by himself, particularly against Alabama and LSU, who I think will be really good teams. I'm, I'm sort of, uh, I guess, as the kids would say, low-key excited about uh, seeing a Big 12 quarterback in the SEC because that's been this, this debate the last few years about all these Big 12 quarterbacks lighting up, putting up all these crazy numbers, and, oh, they would never do it in the SEC. So now we get to Well, see here's a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's – and it's, it's an essentially a Big 12 offense. It is. I mean, Auburn's offense would not be out of place in the Big 12. Nope. They're the most progressive offense in the conference. Uh, I think, you know, A&M has, you know, had top-tier quarterbacks. They also came from the Big 12. Yep. And A&M, their offense being good wasn't really a systemic thing. It was more just having Johnny Manziel, who was a freak. Yeah. Absolutely. And, well, and I think that transitions pretty well, Auburn to A&M. Auburn is one of the most volatile teams in the conference, mainly from their history, as they could do anything. But A&M, A&M is the most volatile team in the SEC West this year. Uh, they could l- do almost anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're interesting. They don't return a lot of starters. I mean, they have seven back on defense. Yeah. They lost their best defensive player. Yes. And, and no matter how much LSU fans want to make fun of him, he was their best player for sure. I agree. Yeah, I know. He's just easy to make fun of, so we're just yeah. going to keep doing it. Um, they, I, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think I was recording when I said it. Maybe I was, but I, I think they are a not-as-talented version of us. Yeah. I, I think the difference between them and us is – I think they have incredible strength. I think their receiving core is just ridiculous. Yeah, I, I do. Think they have a, I do think they have a really good defensive line. Um, even losing Miles Garrett, I, I don't think it matters. Their, their defensive line is one of the best in the conference. They also have a terrific special teams. So they have these incredible strengths, while at the same time they just have these glaring problems. And, you know, quarterback is first and foremost amongst them. Um, who's going to block for the quarterback is also in there. Um, their linebacking cord is practically non-existent. Um, so it's one of those things. It's like they have these massive question marks, but they also have these really big positives. So if you're an optimist, you're looking at the positives and saying it's going to cover up the flaws. And if you're a pessimist, you're thinking that those flaws are going to overwhelm anything good and it's going to destroy everything on the team. And honestly, either one could happen. (laughs) 
And it's not like A&M hasn't been able to recruit over the years. So there's lots of talent there. Yeah, there is. There's there's players I like. Like I'm I'm just looking at their depth chart. Like their secondary even is, which has yeah. long been a sore spot for them. Chavis has finally got at least a nice, probably five or six players. Like A and M, I don't want to say just as talented as LSU and Auburn, but they're certainly on the same level. Yeah, they they. Their upperclassmen are like the last two classes have kind of fallen off for them, but those guys aren't necessarily yeah, but, playing yet. Yeah, they're not the the, the starting guys. Yeah, and the, the thing is, so they can compete on the field with the top teams in the SEC West. The problem is, is you just hit it. Their last two classes haven't been good. The, the depth is not there. Bad things start to happen. It can spiral out of control pretty quickly. Yeah, and you got the whole weird Sumlin on the hot seat scenario, too, which is sort of bizarre when you think about – I think someone made the joke in, the other day that you know Texas A&M is the 11 that – or is the 5.5 that thinks they're an 11. Yeah. And, you know, we've pro- poked fun at someone for not beating LSU and everything, but he's done a pretty good job there for a team that – they aren't really perennial winners, honestly. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, he's gotten them to perennially at eight wins. The problem is he did it the exact opposite way you want to do it. Yeah. He showed up and was winning nine, ten games, and now he's winning eight games. Yeah, it doesn't show like an arc. that he, It doesn't show yeah. a positive trajectory. And so he is – I think this is their level. I think this is a – this is where a look, winning eight games, that's a successful program. Yeah. I mean, I think people really lose sight of this. If you're winning eight or nine games a year, that's what success looks like. Yeah, it's one of your favorite lines. But the problem is, is you had a taste of something else, and you're just going to keep chasing that. And A&M, I think another thing that's going to hurt A&M is if, if Texas comes roaring back under Herman, eight or nine wins is no longer going to be – it's not going to be good enough. Nope. Because – Try as anyone might, they, their measuring stick is still Texas. And they're already starting to – I know they poke fun at it, but they're losing some recruiting footing with Texas. That's huge. So that's a big blow for them. I mean, they, they, A&M has historically hit Houston very, very well. And Texas is starting to hit – Texas doesn't hit Houston very well historically. Like, I know right. they got Vince Young, but their program is usually not built on kids from Houston. So – the fact that Herman has built those inroads from while he was at Houston and he's starting to translate that at Texas might spell trouble for A&M. That is a huge deal. And so, yeah, this is a make or break year for for someone which tends to lead to either great things or bad things. Um, I, I've, A&M, I think, is one of the most interesting teams in the conference this year. Uh, I mean – when I said earlier that, you know, Bama, either LSU or Auburn would be the team to knock them off, A&M has a puncher's chance of beating Bama this year. They play yeah, them at home. Yeah. You know, they've got explosive playmakers, and that matters. You know, if you know you have Christian Kirk on your team, you, you've got a chance. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's likely they're going to beat them, but I, it, it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if that makes any sense. On the flip side, A&M, if they beat Bama, I think they're certainly going to lose one or two other games as the year goes on. 
kind of an interesting schedule because they go to UCLA, which is not a sure a win. Game. Yeah, it's a, yeah tough game. it's a tough game. They could drop that one. Uh, then they play Nichols and Louisiana, which are you know rent to wins. Then they get Arkansas, neutral site. It's a team that's always a tough with. game. Yep, they get South Carolina at home, which they should win. Uh, but that's also you know games like that to me. That's a game that Muschamp might mentally circle and say this is a statement type of win. Like it shows our program's taking the next step from where we've been. I agree. Like South Carolina needs that game, but so does A and M. That is a, and also comes right in the middle of the schedule. That's a bellwether game for both teams. Yep. And then A and M has to play Bama the next week with no bye. So yeah, because if A and M beats South Carolina, there's a chance they go into the Bama game undefeated. Yep. Not a sure thing, but you know it's I would say better than fifty percent odds if they beat South Carolina. They're they're undefeated. But they lose to South Carolina. That's a – particularly with Bama the next week, that is a pack-up-your-season kind of loss. Well, they've got a four-week sled in there where it's neutral site versus Arkey, South Carolina at home, Bama at home, and then at Florida. I mean, they could I mean, lose all four of those games. Yeah, and, and that would be the end of – and then if you lose that's those – the the Yeah, then someone's already fired. Yeah. But you go one and three, and that's not good enough. So – A&M is just – they're a fun team to look at. And as you saw, I skipped over A&M, so I want to circle back to LSU, who I think is a consensus third-place pick around the league. For sure. Phil still has them there. Like at virtually every publication, SEC Media Days, everyone picks LSU third in the West. Which is fine. I think that's a very fair pick. Yeah, I have no uh, issue with it. We did like to make fun of the CBS guys, who then uh, four of their writers uh, called LSU the most overrated team. Most overrated yeah. team. I'm like guys, we're picked third. Yeah. I mean, like, what do you want? I mean, that destroys the meaning of both overrated and most. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's two words they don't understand. I mean, it'd be one thing if you're picking LSU to finish fifth or sixth in the conference, but none of them were. You know, they're all saying, ah, they're going to be a mid-division team, which, I, I mean, I can see that. If the offensive line suffers any more injuries, I can definitely see that happening. Yeah, there's implosion potential. Yeah. But I think middle, divi- middle division is kind of what they're getting picked to get. I, I think LSU has burned all of its national goodwill. And no one wants to stick their neck out and say, this is going to be a really good LSU team. What I Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, what I like about us, it, just try, just looking at things objectively, is that it's a youngish team that gets a nice slate that it has some challenge, but not overwhelming challenge for them to bring in all that youth, so that by the time they hit October, those guys have experience. So I, I think it sets it up for them to have a to be okay. Yeah, the Auburn game is a little bit later than normal. That's yeah, not till mid October. That's surprising, and I think that does really help the team. You got you go at State, which is I don't want to disrespect State. I think their defense is garbage for one, which is why I have no faith in them. And playing at State can be hell with all the cowbells. But like honestly, we've lost one game to State in like twenty yeah. years. You know, like, yeah. it's just hard to for me to jump make that leap. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we're, LSU is a much better team than State. And State had a special player quarterback when they beat us. 
by the way. And look, I really like Nick, Nick Fitzgerald, so I don't, I don't want to say that he – when we were talking about Jalen Hurts not being the best quarterback in conference, I think Fitzgerald really has a case to be the best quarterback in, in the SEC. I'm not as keen he, on him. He, he's a legitimate dual threat. Yes. Yeah. And those kind of quarterbacks can give even really good defenses fits because they're good when things break down. And honestly, a dual threat quarterback is better on bad teams. Yeah. Because things break down a lot. Yeah, they've done they've done well with the uh, quarterback do it all model. I mean, that's basically yeah, and, what Dak was. And so I think there's going to be a lot of extending plays and just frustrating. Oh, I thought we had them. You know, third down conversions, and so state can't be written off just because if you have a player like Fitzgerald, he's the kind of player who can keep you in football games. Yeah, I think the state game will be really competitive, but I think we'll win. I, I agree with that as well. I think that's kind of how I view. I, I think what tells you is that, rightfully, the rest of the country has moved on. And has slotted LSU as a team that's going like for the last five years. We finished between twelfth and sixteenth on the final AP poll. Uh, I mean, they know where we're gonna. We have a slot of where we are in the in the pecking order right now. It's a team that's gonna finish just outside the top ten. They'll be a threat. They're gonna lose to Bama. Then they'll drop another game, and that'll be it. And if you do it four out of the last five years, then I think that's a totally fair reputation. I think. LSU is in the position where they need to put up or shut up. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, I hate the they're going to lose a game because they're LSU argument, but you know that is what what's happened recently. So <clears throat> it's hard to uh, it's hard to argue against it, I guess, because uh, yeah. they're always just going to say, "Well, because my default." Response, of course, is, well, do you see how much talent we have? And they're going to say, well, you had that much talent last year and the year before and the year before. It didn't stop you then. So, And I think that's where we get into it. Like, So I think the Nash reputation is totally fair. And if I'm doing a national pick, I'd probably slot LSU second or third. Just you know, Once again, I do think there's a big gap between us and Bama now. Um, but also it's just a safe pick. Put them third. No one's going to complain. That said, I think LSU has the best defense in the SEC. That's bold. And I, I do. I like our defense better than Bama's this year. Um, Even with all the I youth. Think, and, and also, I think our, LSU arguably has the best offensive player and the best defensive player in the conference. So I think there's a problem with depth, which might be alleviated if those young players come through right away. I think LSU's biggest issue is depth more than anything. Um but there's definitely the star power there. And so if you're talking about a, you know, a great defense and then you have the best player on both sides of the ball, that's a team that theoretically should be able to compete for titles, not just you know, to finish third in the SEC. I, just because I think that's a fair place to rate us does not mean that is the goal for the season. Yeah, I think that's a good way to state it. This feels a bit like a team that might have some heartbreaking losses in them. Like I, I feel like they're young enough that they're going to play really, really hard all the time. There's not, and I, uh, this is sad, but like I really think the guys just kind of gave up on Miles last year. 
I think they do. And it sucks, but it's just what happened. I don't think karma balances out. Some teams are lucky and some teams ain't. And yeah. like, if, if bad things, it's it's the gambler's fallacy of, oh, I'm due for a good roll. No, you're not. You know, each roll is an independent thing. So I'm about to indulge in the gambler's fallacy, as you can tell, because I'm setting up <laughs> why it's a bad idea. But last year, LSU played four close games and lost all four. Um, that tends not to happen. I think last year was the year they had all their heartbreaking losses. I'm not saying they're not going to have another heartbreaking loss this year because I just don't think they're going to become in as qu- quite as fast and furious as they did last year. Mm-hmm. Which I think I think Bill Conley does a good job with his previews where he has the range of you know what you can expect out of the team. Yep. And I think LSU hit literally the lowest point of his range. I think that was if you play last season a thousand times, I think LSU goes eight and four, you know, ten times out of a thousand. It just in real life, the one we played was the one where everything went wrong. It was just that year. And if it was a close game last year, LSU lost it. And that's not the sort of thing that carries over. I don't think, oh, because they lost a bunch of close games last year, they're going to lose a bunch of close games this year. But also, I don't think that means we're if we play four close games again, that doesn't mean we're going to go 4-0 and in them. It means we'll probably go 2-2 two and two because most teams tend to go 2-2 two and two if they play four close games. But even that would get you to 10 wins. Yeah. It's really interesting because you and I have talked about this probably on the show before, just that we did lose so many games closely last year, and literally every other game we crushed them. Like every yes. single other opponent, we destroyed. <laughs> yes, <laughs> including I, I Louisville. Think, like I mean, and it wasn't just like oh, we beat like Vanderbilt by thirty-five. No, like you know, we. I mean, Arkansas is bad. So who's a, I don't even know who else was a like, middle-tier team, but like A and M, we destroyed. Yeah, we smoked A and M. Missouri was a big, you know, at the time was a big, you know, big win. But I think people are just kind of just looking past all the games that LSU won by blowout. Ole Miss, and, they were 23 and, at the time when we played them. And yes, LSU lost some serious talent, but almost all of it was at positions we could replace it. Yeah. Um, look, we lost Leonard Fournette, and I think Leonard Fournette is one of you know the great players to play for LSU. But he was hurt all last year. We already replaced him. Yep, we already know that. I, I mean, we played last year without Leonard Fournette. Yeah, we have that answer. You know, um... Jamal Adams, I love Jamal Adams to death. I mean, he is going to go down as one of the most beloved players of DBU. But this is still DBU. We got, you know, eight other guys who, who can play for almost anybody. Yeah, that's that's my big thing on this defense is that, with the exception of Arden Key, who will be should, should be spectacular again, assuming his health is. Good, and he's back at practice, so I think signs yeah. are they're showing up now, uh, pointing up. But I wrote a piece about it, but I just really think it's going to be like we're going to see a lot of guys do stuff. It, it may not be like one dude has, you know, all the tackles and all the plays like Adams did last year, but that's kind of how bunch I view of it. contributors. And like, look, we lost Trey White, first round cornerback, great player. LSU returns two starting cornerbacks. Yeah, and both, both of them, yeah, I know. and both of them are on you know national watch lists for you know a, you know in award season. 
this because they don't know which one is better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a really good sign. And like, look, yeah, we lost both of our receivers, but our receivers were terrible last year. <laughs> yeah, and then like you have even things. This is smaller in scope, but like Beckwith gets hurt at the end of the year. Donnie Alexander is forced into action. Well, now Donnie Alexander isn't coming into 2017 with zero or very limited playing time. He's coming in with a couple starts under his belt in the exactly. expectation like, of being a starter. Yeah, you don't want to lose Beckwith, but at the time we lost him, season was lost anyway. So yeah. it's not – it kind of was a positive for the team. So Blessing in disguise for LSU. Not for Beckwith, so but for I, LSU. I think the guys they lost, while tremendously talented and great players, LSU was ready to replace them. Almost every one of them. There was no one on this team where they – it was at the positions we were most ready to have another guy take over. Like if Arden Key had graduated last year, we'd be in some trouble because then we'd be relying on Kalev on Chason to be awesome right off the bat. Yeah. Um, which he might be, but still freshman. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think the way I put it and maybe in Chason's article was – when Arden Key was a freshman, he had to be great. Like he, yes. there, we had no one else. He had to, and thankfully he was. Shayson doesn't have to be great. He just gets the benefit of playing behind Key. Maybe not in game one, but for the whole season, he doesn't have to be like the guy we're counting on to be our pass rusher. But this team reminds me a lot of the 2010 team. Uh, you know, everyone had kind of moved on after 2008, 2009. LSU had built up a reputation. Um, and I think people were ignoring just how much talent was on the team. Yeah. And I get it. We, LSU dug this hole, so they have to get out of it. But they have the horses to get out of it. So I, I like our chances against Bama this year. Um, Bama's clearly the better team. We started this whole thing with how great Bama is, and that still stands. Bama is the favorite. If I'm putting money down, I'm putting it on Bama. But if anyone's going to knock off Bama this year, it's probably going to be LSU. In the SEC. Oh, in the SEC. Florida State is a totally different, you know. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. And I think, too, I mean, I feel like we finally have competent offensive coordinating. It's not I, great. It's not great offensive coordinating. That's going to be the big thing. If LSU comes out with an offense, it changes everything. Yeah, this team – Get scary and hurry. Yeah. Uh, it, and it's not like there's no talent. It's not that everyone's been sitting around going, well, if LSU could only find some players. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's like, it's, see, I can see it rolling out like this. Like, if we come out and dominate BYU, and let's say someone like Derek Dillon, who has done nothing to date, and he's not on any national radar at all, but he's a former four star recruit, was a really dynamic player in high school explosive type of guy if he comes out puts up a couple touchdowns 150 yards like all of a sudden the talk is LSU has some receivers LSU has talent on offense like they're this is a team that can score points yeah and then everyone knows about our defense I don't think anyone's really doubting the defense all that much so it's no one's gonna believe it no one's gonna believe it if they do it against BYU it's gonna take Auburn yeah for the real merits for sure yeah, but you know what? Some 30, 40 point games early in the season wouldn't hurt anybody. No, absolutely. Build the confidence. That, that, you know, that would help you know, just everybody. Um, clearly, we've spent more time on LSU than everyone else, but I do kind of want to at least round out the West. 
Um, Arkansas is a team that I always love um, just because I like their style of play. Um, I, look, I like Allen a lot. They're a team you can't write off. Arkansas is not. But, man, they've – they do have some issues. And also their defense looks awful. I don't know what's happened. I mean, Bielema's uh, a defensive I, guy. <laughs> like, I don't know yeah, what. I, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know what's happened there. Um, and they kept the coordinator. They didn't fire him, so. Yeah, they gave him um, more yards per play, I think, than anybody. Yeah, they had the worst yards per play in the SEC last year, and I don't think it's going to get much better. Um, that's not Arkansas football. But if – if they can figure that out, and I, I mean, I do like Bielma as a coach. I, I don't want him to fail at Arkansas. And this isn't because I want them to go six and five forever. This is because I think he's kind of a good fit for there. Um, I, I refuse to write off Arkansas. It's kind of how I go there. He's, um, such, a douche. Like, he's such a douchebag, I kind of like him. Yeah, but also he fits them, if that makes yeah. any sense. I, I want him to win more. And I'm not trying to say this in like a patronizing way. I mean, he's just – he's a hard-nosed guy. He's in your face. He's very – but he's not showy. He's, you know, he's got a big neck, you know. <laughs> like, I mean, he, he likes ugly football. He wants to hit you. And look, you know, he had a you know tight end named Sprinkle, and I was like that. Uh, <laughs> though that was a while ago. Um but yeah, you really are. Like, I'm just looking at the depth chart. Like, I just don't. And also, losing Raleigh Williams, that's a huge loss. Yeah, that's a sad story. Yeah, and. There's not a lot of guys here you can count on on their defense. Like, they need a lot of breakouts to have a really good season. Yeah, and I think that's. A, I think they're, they're down there. And, and Ole Miss. I mean, maybe they rally around the flag. See, I'm kind of, Ole Miss is a team that I I feel like they're volatile, just because they they don't have depth, but they do have talent. Yeah, they do have some talent. I'll give you that. Um, I'm not a big fan of Patterson. Um, while we're talking about guys, we're not a fan of. Yeah, people you know, are you really uh, jumping on that one. Yeah, you, you don't like. Uh, um, Fitzgerald, I don't like Patterson. I don't. I don't think he's that good. Um, and they've never had a running game. Uh, their receivers have kind of bolted. I don't know. I, I don't. This is a team that's kind of relied on offense for the last couple of years, and I don't see where the points are coming from. Yeah, the D has taken a lot of hits. They have a couple of good players, but you know they still have Haynes. Mm-hmm. You know he's, but. I don't know. I, I think Ole Miss is – their starters are near the bottom of the West, and their depth is non-existent. I, I think as the year goes on, it's going to get worse and worse for them. If they lose to Cal, who is a very middling, if not bad, Pac-12 team, yes, their season is going to unravel in a hurry. Yeah, I just – I don't see it for Ole Miss this year. And honestly – I'm feeling bad for Ole Miss, which I know you shouldn't as an LSU fan. <laughs> Podcast is so pissed at you right now. I don't know. It's more interesting when they're at least a threat. And I know they're going to give us their best shot. They'll always play us tough. But right now, Ole Miss looks like a disaster. I mean, just a disaster. Yeah, they go, I mean, by the first week in October, they go at Cal. Okay. 
get a bye week, but then they do at Bama and at Auburn back-to-back, which they could take a couple, like, 30-point beatings back-to-back. Yeah. And then they get Vandy, but Vandy's not even the dregs anymore, really. I mean, they're not good, but they're not just god off. Yeah, Vandy's not a, they're not a cakewalk. And then they play us. <laughs> so, and then Arkansas. So they get two more physical teams back-to-back. I mean, that's it's... A, that's a grind for them. I mean, Vandy's definitely a, the salvager season game. If they beat at Vanderbilt, they come into the LSU game with a little bit of pep under them, and they're still alive, and they're thinking, hey, we can make something of ourselves if we pull an LSU upset. They lose to Vandy. It's over. Yeah, I, th- I think the part of selling your soul to get all these recruits is that you probably landed a bunch of recruits with a high don't-give-a-shit factor. In terms of college football. Yeah. So I think you're going to be – there could be a lot of guys on this team that just don't give a fuck this year because what's the point, right? Yes. They just want to get out of there healthy, get to the NFL and start making money. And I think that's the real risk for that team. And That would be sad. Like It would. Because Ole Miss has always kind of been a sis boom ba rah, rah, rah kind of team. Um, they care a lot. You know, they're, 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 they're almost trapped in 1952, you know. Like, you expect their cheerleaders to be wearing skirts that go all the way down to their ankles. <laughs> and wearing bobby socks. <sighs> but yeah, like, I, th- I think the team that has the biggest breakout potential from the, from the bottom half of the conference is A&M. But I, I wouldn't write it off state, because if you have a big bowl of mediocre teens, which is kind of what we have. I think State, that's their world. Um, I think they're going to get killed by Bama, but if there's near-even talent, I think they're going to do really well in those games. I think State can give a lot of teams fits. I, I think they could go you know, 4-4, four and 5-3 four, and three in the conference and have an upper division finish. I think my, my big thing against State is I don't like Fitzgerald as much as others. I just don't trust him as a passer. I mean, he was a 54% passer. I know he threw no, 21 touchdowns, but... Uh, I trust him as a guy when, you know, the shit goes wrong. Yeah. That he's going to scramble around and make something happen either with his arms or his legs. Sometimes it's going to be bad. I mean, he's he's a risk taker, which when you're not that good, you probably need a guy like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't see him being quite the talent that Dak Prescott was. So. Oh, no, I don't think he's Dak Prescott. I, I do agree with that. Um, but honestly, I think, you know, the, the East is even more interesting. And, yeah. Um, I don't know. A bowl of mediocre soup. Yeah, no one really sucks in the East. Yeah, and, no, and also no one is good. Because, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look at the West, I think there's kind of a hierarchy. You know, you have Bam at the top. And then I put LSU, um, Auburn in the next tier, and then you have, you know, A and M probably in the middle, State, Arkansas, then Ole Miss. So you, you kind of have definable tiers, and there's a little bit of bleed from tier to tier, but you can see how the, it's all going to shake out, or at least it's expected to shake out. Yeah. And most people agree with you. The East, holy crap! Um, no one just sucks. There, there's not an old mess that you're just expecting to fall apart, or you know, 
and honestly, there's like everyone's trying to make a case for Kentucky this year, which I think has kind of been bad for them. Yeah. Kentucky would be a lot better off if they were flying under the radar. For sure. Um, I like Kentucky, but I don't like them as a hyped team. But like South Carolina is a team that has a could have a really good offense and a terrible defense, so they could be a you know they could be Auburn light. Yeah. Um, I really like Missouri just because they don't do anything terribly. They actually are the quintessential SEC East team, and then they're not really good at anything, but they don't totally suck at anything. Mm-hmm. Which, which you know. That's a good way to scrape out four or five wins. Yeah, and last year was probably the exception, not the rule for them. I don't think they're that bad of a team. Yeah, and they, they've always been good. And also, I like their their running back situation, which I think can get you somewhere. And Drew Locke is a guy who can go either way, but I think he's very Dan, Danny Etling-esque. Yeah, playing in a more wide-open offense. Yeah. Um, but then you look at it, it's just the... You just look at that conference, and you're just like, Georgia, on paper, is so much better than everybody. Yet, to a man, every SEC fan, and this includes Georgia fans, are expecting them to fuck it up. Yeah. I like Bud Elliott's summary of Georgia. I think he pretty much thinks they're the best team in the East. And he says the two major questions are, is the quarterback good? Which is a big question. And... Can he coach? <laughs> That's my yeah. big question. Like I don't, I don't have much faith in Kirby Smart. Yeah, I don't want to write him off. I don't want to say he's a bad coach, but you're it's, right. I don't, it's too early. I don't know if he's good. And I think the gap between Georgia and the rest of the East might even be bigger than Alabama and the rest of the West from a talent perspective. Yeah, just I think that, so for sure. It's just that I have no faith, none, in Georgia. I mean, this is a team that has betrayed everybody's faith <laughs> so many times. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to muster the energy to believe in them. And, and like the, and I love their talent. I love their talent, but and it, you kind of just every year you're just kind of like, eh, I don't know. And, and like, normally. Every year you expect the East to be Georgia, Tennessee, Florida in some order. That's supposed to be the pecking order. Yep. Um, But both Tennessee and Florida have real potential to be disasters. Boy, do they ever. um, Florida last year was last in the conference in total offense. I don't know if people realize that. (laughs) I know. Yeah. (laughs) And to correct that... They're going to play three quarterbacks. Yes, and none of them are good. And none of them are, yeah. If you have three quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. And, look, Scarlett, eh, I mean. He's fine. Yeah, but you'd expect Florida to have a much better running back. And their calling card has been their defensive backfield. It's Look, there's been a legitimate argument between LSU and Florida fans about DBU. But... I, I mean, they, they lost some people, and then their injury preseason is just – that's going to kill them. That's my – my big thing with Florida is that I don't see the pieces that takes their offense forward. And the issue with that is that their defense, I do see 
taking a major regression. They lost a lot of really good players. And they have a couple still really good ones, but they lost a lot of their they best players. I kind of like their defensive line. I like C.C. Jefferson. Yeah. But, yeah, he's he's kind of, un, you know, he's kind of unproven. Yeah, he hasn't been, like, the dominant five-star you expected. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. He he has not come on – because I think he's the, same, he's the same class as Arden Key, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're both juniors now. And, you know, he hasn't – you know, he hasn't really even forced his way in the starting lineup. Um, he's been an off-to-use backup, but, you know, I don't think he was a starter last year. So, I don't know. Florida is a team that I don't see where it's going to come from. I mean, it's Florida. They can't stink, right? <sighs> I don't know. Like, every time I see that they were 9-4 and four last year, I'm kind of like, how? Like, I don't remember who they beat. I don't remember them winning games. I, I Yes, I know. They beat us. Okay, fuck off, Florida fans. We <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, it, what, the, I don't know. It was not a memorable season for Florida. I mean, yeah, like, I'm looking at last year's results. They, they lost to Arkansas 31-10. to 10. Yeah. A bad they Arkansas. Somehow, they somehow beat Georgia 24-10. to 10. Uh, I mean, I, I don't get it. Like, the, and their defense was really good last year, but it's losing a lot, and I think that's what carried them. Uh, Florida, there is real danger of the bottom dropping out in Florida. And... People are saying that more about Tennessee. And honestly, I kind of see some building blocks at Tennessee. I, I think quarterback is a huge question mark. I think no one in the conference has a worse quarterback situation than Tennessee. Um, but then again, that's just because we haven't seen anything. Maybe they have a recruit that I don't know anything about who's going to step up there and be awesome. Like, it, that's not outside the realm of possibility. Well, the recruit I expected to win the job didn't, so... Not a good sign. <laughs> but they, the guy that wanted is Quentin Dormady, who I don't really remember as a recruit, but he is a junior. And from what I've gathered, the little bit I've read about him, he has a big arm. So he's a, he's a more competent passer than I think Dobbs was. And look, he's going to have great receivers. Yeah. So they have, they have a great receiving core. That's a good security blanket. I don't know. Like I can see like Tennessee has a pretty good linebacking group. Yeah. Um, which kind of is sort of like us. Uh, they're going to benefit from the injuries last year. They threw a lot of guys in the fire a year earlier than they wanted to, but now they come back with experience. Um, I mean, losing Barnett's big on the defensive line, but I think still going to have some pretty good experience up there. Yeah. Their offensive line, after years of being you know, just decimated, has finally been rebuilt. Um, I don't know, like Tennessee – is the team that's being singled out of, oh, this is the team that's going to collapse. Like this, They're the team you, you more frequently seen getting picked fifth or sixth in the SEC East. I If, if I have to pick which of the two is going to have a terrible year, I think Florida is much more likely to have a terrible year than Tennessee. I think so, too. I don't have much faith in Butch Jones, but I also don't really have much faith in Jim McElwain. I, I haven't seen anything from either of them to really impress me. Butch has recruited better, so I don't know. I mean, Tim, I mean if, if I'm looking at schedules just side by side, it's kind of an issue. like Florida opens with a game that I think they very probably lose, and I've seen uh, a lot I've of SEC you. hype that they're going to beat Michigan, and like uh, Michigan's Honestly. on a different level than Florida right now. I'm sorry, <laughs> like they're just not on that <laughs> tier. If Florida wins that game, I have to reconsider this whole thing. But I, I think Michigan's totally kill them. I I'm totally with you. Um. 
and this isn't like well, you tend to hate Florida more than I do, so this isn't really coming from a place of I hate Florida because I don't really have those feelings towards Florida as a lot of other LSU fans do. I I just don't think they look that good. I mean, yeah. that's this isn't a I hope they suck and I hate all their players. I mean, they went out and got Malik Zire, who's is, whatever. Like that's not. <laughs> And he's not even going to win the job right now. It looks like Del Rio is going to start. Yeah. And both of those guys beat out the guy that was supposed to be their future star, which is oh, a bad sign. Well, he's, a, you know, he's young. I, I'm, I'm not going to write off fully Franks yet, but yes. I mean, he's still a freshman, right? Uh, yeah, red shirt. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm not going to write that off, but yes. And Tennessee's, Tennessee's opening slate, they get Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Which Georgia Tech isn't as good as Michigan, but that's not a team you want to play. No, that's a, God, that's a tough game to play. Particularly, I think Tennessee's big problem is quarterback. Uh, that's a, and that is an issue, as every LSU fan knows, that can dog you all season long. But yeah. if Tennessee can find an appropriate answer at the at the quarterback position, they can win the East. Because, like we're talking, we think Georgia's going to fuck it up. They're going to fuck it up and lose a Tennessee. Like, that's the team I think that's most likely to, to take the conference from them. Maybe South Carolina, because you look at, like, okay, if you start with the assumption, Georgia's the best team, but they always find a way to lose. Okay, who wins it? Who picks it up? Yeah. I, I think the, the guys that can make the best case for are Tennessee and South Carolina. I'm trying to... Like, I like Missouri's lack of... Badness, but that doesn't mean they're going to win the East. It's not good enough. They're more like the Mississippi State of the East. Yeah. If you have a whole bunch of crap, they're going to rise at the top. Um, but they don't have the horses to get the six and two, seven and one to win that division. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, I mean, I I just don't believe in Kentucky. Um, people are hyping them up. I think they're going to be okay, but I honestly think getting this much hype is bad for them. I think, I think it's, it's going to go to their head. It's Georgia's year to win the East. I mean, they're it, it totally clear-cut favorite. They return seventeen they're, starters. There is no logical. There is no way you can logically pick another team in this division. But if you say <laughs> Georgia, it was the same as last year. Georgia was much better than everyone last year and didn't win the division. Yeah, who's going to take it from them? The only teams I really legitimately see being able to take it from them are Tennessee and South Carolina. And South Carolina could also finish near the bottom of the conference (laughs) because if their defense doesn't improve, it's going to be a long-ass year. And as much as I like their offense, it's not like their offense is this, you know, know, this machine. It's not – they don't get the the Gus Malzahn credit, you know, that – you know, we, we're going to give to other that we're giving to Auburn, South Carolina. I think they have a lot of weapons there. I think they can do some things, but it ain't that, you know, like I can see their offense being mediocre. I don't think it will be. I think it'll be really good, but I can see a scenario where South Carolina has a decent offense, a terrible defense, and they, you know, go two and six. You know, they're, they're more the A&M of well, actually, none of the Auburn of the you know, of of the East. It still fits because Auburn's a very volatile team. Yeah, so, I, and I have faith in Muschamp still. He's a good defensive coach, so I think he'll find some players. 
I think so too. And I think what Sky Moore is healthy and gets comes back after a year gone, yeah, I think that's going to make worlds of difference. I, I think that's getting a player like that at linebacker to put in the middle of your unit. I think it's going to really help them out. Um, if we're talking the most underrated team in the SEC, like if I had to pick one, South Carolina is my off the radar. They're going to have a great year pick. But also, I kind of want to throw Tennessee out there as well. I think too many people are writing off Tennessee. Yeah. I mean, objectively looking at their team, there's no reason to think they're going to be bad. I'm yeah, not saying they're going to be great. I'm just saying there's no reason to think they'll just be terrible. And I think that's the team that everyone's downgrading. Which I th- I will confess my own here. Like, I've kind of been overlooking them on being on LSU's schedule, but that's a game where LSU has to travel there. That's a much more losable game. And also, they own us. Like, yeah. Not all the time. History. Like, I know, that's, it, I know that doesn't really actually matter, but they are definitely the kind of team that just has owned LSU historically. Um, uh, Tennessee scares me. And that's the kind of thing that's going to, you know, could ruin LSU season. Like, pull this great upset against Alabama and then lose to Tennessee, lose to Auburn, go 6-2, and two, stay at home anyway. Mm-hmm. That is a – that is totally on the board. Yeah, it's sort of a – it's a uh, – I think there are a lot of scenarios that could play out in the SEC this year. It's not a, it's not a straight line the way no. it's been recently. And, and look, like Vanderbilt, Kentucky, they could – Missouri, I think those three teams can go pretty much – you could slot them almost anywhere in the East three through seven. And Vandy returned 16 starters. I mean, there's, yeah. there's something to be said for that. Vandy could very well finish third in the East. I think that's about where they top out. They could also finish dead last. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, because, look, talent does matter. They are the least talented team in the conference. Yeah. I don't think they will finish last because Vandy is a well-coached team that finds ways to... But anywhere third to seventh, I think, is a legitimate pick for Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Missouri. <sighs> Man, the East. Yeah, it, it's crazy. But also, I think, you know, Florida is picked by consensus to finish second. I think they can finish as low as sixth. Yeah, that, Florida is my team that I'm circling to be. If, if I'm picking an overrated team in the SEC, it's them. Because yeah. I see them consistently being picked to win the East. Or They're, 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 they're not going to like be in the – I don't think anyone's picking them to like go to a, a New Year's Six Bowl or anything, but – a lot of people think they're going to be pretty good, and I just don't. See yeah, it. I think they're being picked about the same level as Georgia. It was it was neck and neck in yeah. the, the media poll um, at SEC Media Days, and I don't see it. I, I just don't. Um, if you had told me it was neck and neck between Georgia and Tennessee, I would have been like, all right, I can. I'm okay with that because that's Georgia skepticism. It's just that the Georgia skeptics put all their faith in Florida. Not Tennessee, and I think they're they're back on the wrong horse. Yeah, like but like Phil Steele's rankings. This is before injuries, but he ranks their receiving core as the number one in the conference. I'm like, Florida's? Yeah. Uh, that is. I don't even. Yeah, I I got nothing there. Um, I mean. I like Callaway. Got, I'm, I'm trying to look at the, you know yeah Callaway is returning, but I mean his, his numbers might, aren't they aren't spectacular. 
And he's suspended and could get suspended for longer. I know and this was rated before that, but... You look at their number two receiver returning, what, Brandon Powell? Yeah. Tyree Cleveland, maybe? I mean, we're, yeah, we're going way down the list. They've got... I mean, like, you passed, like, three South Carolina receivers <laughs> before <laughs> you get to the second Florida guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, it was just to, you know, point out, you know, South Carolina. They got you know Debo Samuel, you know, and Brian Edwards was a freshman, and Hayden Hurst as a tight was a tight end sophomore. All have better numbers. <laughs> yeah, I don't get yeah, it at all. Yeah, um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't get it at all. Like, uh, um. Okay, me, Christian Kirk is the, is the top guy returning, but that's Florida is has is a team that has not recruited particularly well the last few years. This year's class has started to turn that corner for them if they can keep it. Um, they have not recruited particularly well under McElwain, and this is the beginning of it. You're starting to see that those people in those last few classes now have to start, and they are, you know, three star talents. So and. And maybe yeah. you know, maybe McElwain is just a fucking incredible evaluator. And I'm yeah, not. we'll find out. Like, and look, right now they have hand. They beat us last year. I mean, I think LSU wildly outplayed them, but yeah. Once again, scoreboard, scoreboard. Um, but I do think the cracks are there. I am not impressed with this Florida. Though I look, Florida's got a great chance to beat LSU because that is going to be that's their Super Bowl this year. Yeah, that's gonna. That's going to be a fun game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. We're, I mean, we're walking into a hornet's nest on that one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, that is going to be... Uh, that's going to be a madhouse. That said, like, I, they just don't have the horses this year. I don't see it. Um, yeah, I'm, so like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a believer in Florida. And it really, it really has nothing to do with the whole bullshit, whatever, beef that we have with them. I'm just subjectively so, looking yeah. at their roster. I'm not a huge fan. So, yeah, like, because, look, we're picking Alabama as clearly the best team, and I hate Alabama more than anybody. Yeah. Um, and, look, and I hate to be boring, but it looks like we're picking Alabama and Georgia to win the two divisions. I think they're, they're both clearly head and shoulders above the conference. I'm going to be it, pissed if Georgia doesn't do it this year. I'm actually going to be pissed if Georgia doesn't do it. So, actually, let's be a little bit funny um, and say, instead of picking Alabama-Georgia, which is our pick, I don't think either of us – do you think Georgia has a chance to upset them in the championship game? Are you going to go out on a limb and say Georgia wins the SEC? I think they have a chance if they get really hot and, like, Eason turns it on. I, I, that's pretty much my thoughts, but I'm sticking with Bama, as I'm assured you are. Yeah. So, so but let's say if both Alabama and Georgia screw up, who do you think wins each division? Honestly, I think we would win the West. I just I don't think people are people are not giving enough credit to how bad Kevin Steele is. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's where I am too. So I think we would win the West and then the East. I mean, I feel like I would have given a different answer before the pod, but maybe Tennessee. Like you're kind of talking me into Tennessee. Yeah, I, if Tennessee finds a quarterback, it'll be them. But 
I'm actually going to go on a limb and say that's going to be South Carolina. It would be South Carolina. I, I think Mushamp actually. I do have faith in him as a coach. And their biggest problem last year was defense, and I know he can do that. Yeah, and they returned 10 starters on offense. So I think if anyone knocks off Georgia, it's going to be South Carolina. So I'm going to say it's going to be, if we're talking about the the wild chaos, if this is the wild chaos year, it's LSU, South Carolina. Yeah. I'm glad I talked to you for Tennessee. I feel... You know, I feel good about that. Yeah, and the least you've convinced me that it's going to be a tough game. Whereas yes. I was thinking Tennessee was going to be like a six-win team. And no, LSU I don't see got to run I, out of them. I think Tennessee's going to win eight or nine games. I think they're really good. Um, do you at least want to look at the rest of the – I mean, really quickly, just the rest of the country? Is there – like sure. just the Power Five conferences? We have questions, um, but it's not that many, so – um, yeah, yeah, or yeah. Do you want to hit questions first, and then? No, let's just do the rest of the country. I, okay, let's do the rest of the country. The questions won't um, take long. All right. Um, the ACC, I guess we'll do first. I personally think the ACC is now the best conference in the country. I mean, I'm just a huge fan of the coaching there. I think they've got a lot of talent. Um, I, I think Clemson's going to take a step back because you know. Of course, they won the national title. There's only one way you can go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Louisville has a real potential to have a hangover season. Their offensive line still sucks. They lose all of their wide receivers. Um, I can see things going. I mean, they're not going to go like four and eight or anything like that. But I think Louisville has real bust potential this year. Yeah. So I honestly, I think Florida State's going to walk. Over their division, I, I mean, I think they're going to kill them. I think they're going to, and I think NC State will finish in the top three of that division. It's just, it's just too strong for you know them to to win it out. Yeah, they're just not there yet. Um, and you know, I don't even know which one's the coastal and which one's the Atlantic. Um, and the other division, Florida um, State is the Atlantic. That's the Atlantic. Atlantic. So in the coastal. I know they want to have the Miami game, but I, I like to always stick by my pick that for the 20th year or row or what, however many years it's been, they do not get their Florida State-Miami game. So I will go Florida State-Virginia Tech with Florida State taking the whole thing. I like Florida State too, but I'm on the Miami bandwagon. I like Richt. They're talented. I think they're ready to take that next step. And I'm not against that. Uh, I, I do like Miami as well. I just... I like Fuentes. Um, I like Virginia Tech. I think they had really great offenses last year. I know they lose a lot of people, but you know what? They had a terrible offense the year before he showed up. So, so I think he can find talent. He's he's that kind of coach. Red, red shirt freshman quarterback. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's great. Um, so, yeah, I think Virginia Tech-Miami is going to be one of the more interesting you know, races of the year. Um, the Big Ten. Um, the Big Ten. Uh, it's Ohio State's conference, uh, but man, Penn State. Oh, I so want to pick Penn State. I want to. I mean, I want to so badly, and I love watching Barkley play. And, you know, I like the whiteout. I mean, I hate Penn State in general, but, you know, just. Anyone but Ohio State, but 
I just don't see it. Um, I think Ohio State, they'll drop a game or two. They might lose to Michigan. They might lose to Penn State. But I think they'll, whoever they lose to, they'll figure it out and still win the division at like 8-1. and one. You know, I was um, – I don't feel as strongly about them, but I was all in on Clemson last year as being the best team in the country. Or at least I thought they were going to win the national championship, I should say. Um, yeah. I think Ohio State is that team this year. I think they're okay. the best. I, I think that's perfectly reasonable. I, I think I think you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, um, there's not – like Michigan's replacing too much. Penn State just isn't there yet talent-wise. Maybe in a couple yeah. of years. Um, Michigan State, I don't. I don't think Michigan State's gonna be as bad as they were last year. Oh, God, I hope not. Um, actually, Maryland's gonna be kind of frisky. Um, not you know a high state levels or anything, but they have a chance to decide the division by pulling an upset. Yeah. And honestly, I think that's what's gonna trip up Penn State. That'll be my crazy Big Ten. I think Penn State will upset Ohio State, but then lose to Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> It'll cost them the division. The West, you know, there's a lot of good teams, but it's, you know, kind of similar to the SC East. You know, it, it's hard to go against Wisconsin. And they're going to um, cakewalk that schedule. I mean, their, their I, schedule is so easy. I kind of like Iowa. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's Ohio State-Wisconsin again, and they'll do the same thing they did last year. They'll boat race them in the, in the championship game. I like Northwestern. Okay. Not to win the West. Wisconsin is going to win the West. Okay, yeah. But I think no. Northwestern will be the second best team in that division. That's I like the call. Um, but yeah, also you have Ohio State winning the division and the conference, and then the national title. So you're already uh, yeah, that's my um, that's my pick. The Big Twelve, I think, is probably the most fascinating conference this year because a lot of I don't turnovers. trust any. Yeah, I don't trust anybody. Like, Oklahoma would be the favorites, but it's hard for me to pick. I'm not going to treat it like they didn't lose Bob Stoops. Yeah, I mean, he, is, he has owned that conference. Yeah. And just, I mean, just flat out owned it. Um, Lincoln Riley, I think, will be a good coach, but I don't know yet. And it's not like they have so much more talent than anybody. They can just sleepwalk their way through. So a lot of good teams. I mean, you could – conceivably see like six and three making the championship game, which, you know, would be awful for that conference. Yeah. But I'm going to go out on a limb because I think it's, it's such a tightly packed conference with no one that really stands out. Kansas state has a senior quarterback. When Kansas state has a senior quarterback, they win 10 games. So I think, I think Kansas state's going to come out of the chaos, but I don't think they're going to be an actual title contender. I think they'll have two conference losses, but still win the big 12. I love, I'm with you. Uh, I think losing Stoops is huge. I love Lincoln Riley. I think we're learning a lot about that team. September 9th, they play Ohio state on the road. I don't think they'll win that game, but we'll get to see how good the SOU team is. Um, if they lose valiantly, you're talking about a team that might be able to win out from there. Okay. Um, if they look clearly outclassed, I think they're going to be in for a little bit more adventurous of a season. Seems like a lot of people are keen on Oklahoma State too, but I don't. I just don't think that team recruits well enough. And they, so, they don't have a defense. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm going to stick with OU to win the conference. I still think they're the best. Always a safe call in the Big Twelve. Yeah. Even though I, I hate the coaching loss. Yeah. 
and that's that's kind of what opens it up for me. I think the loss of Stoops is what's going to cost it. And also, I just like throwing a little monkey in there. I like picking K State. They, you know, yeah, it's a fun pick. Uh, I also they, don't think t- uh, Tom Herman's going to work a miracle at Texas this year. I, I think they're going to win eight or nine games. Yeah, which isn't a miracle, but I, I think it's going to get them back in the top twenty-five, and they'll be a good team. It's a building block. Yep. Yeah. And then there's the Pac-12, which I think, along with the ACC, has uh, got an argument for the best conference in the country right now. Okay. It, it, it has suddenly become awesome. I mean, everywhere you look, there's really good teams, and there's some serious depth to it, which has always kind of been the problem with the Pac-12. That's for sure. Um, that The bottom of it was just really soft. Yeah, and um, even when, like, a even the leaders would interchange, but then, like, the others yeah. would just fall off. So it'd be like, Oregon suddenly is great, but USC sucked, you know? Yeah, like, I think Oregon's going to be back. Um, Mark Le- Leach has built up, you know, Washington State. Um, Utah is going to be pretty good. Colorado, I don't think it's going to fall off a cliff. I mean, this is, I mean, there's depth there. Um, but I think the conference is going to come down to the USC Stanford game, which is really early. Um, good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I really like this USC team. They, they are loaded. I mean, it's so good. There's so much talent. They're so talented. But, yeah. And they have a great you know quarterback. What? This is a team that's been patted on the back for losing or having a lot of close calls. Like, you know, the yeah, that Rose Bowl was great, but they pretty much grabbed defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. And against a team like Stanford, that's not going to go well for you because Stanford's not a team that beats itself. So right now, I would take Stanford to beat USC, which means I'd have Stanford winning the South. Um, the North, I think, Washington – uh, they're going to be hurt by their losses. Stanford's uh, in the North, are, though. Yeah. What's that? Stanford's I mean, sorry, in the yeah, Stanford's in the North. Yeah. Uh, Washington, I think, is going to lose some of the uh, – lo- losing Buda Baker yeah, and the secondary. It, I think people are kind of looking past that. They're still a great team. So I think Stanford's going to win that. Uh, and that's going to put USC behind the eight ball. But who else in the South? Like, I don't think either the Arizona schools can knock them off. Um, the Colorado-Utah, who is replacing their offense. And yeah, I, UCLA, who has been volatile. Yeah, just no faith. So you get another rematch. USC gets a second bite of the apple. <sighs> no, nah, I still got to take Stanford. I mean, I just got to take Stanford, I think. Um, I like it. But I do like Stanford and USC battling it out. I think they're the two best teams in the conference, and I think both are na- legit national title contenders. Yeah, this is the type of Stanford team that wins. They're experienced. Yeah. They have a lot of veterans. They've they're coming off a good season. I think they're on the cusp of having a great season. So yeah, I, I agree with you down the line. I think they're going to win their respective divisions. I like USC in the end just because I like their talent more. But would not surprise yeah. me if Stanford. Did the thing, and, and I once again the winner goes to the. I, I think that for me that gives me a, a national playoff of Stanford, uh, Ohio State, uh, Bama, and Florida State, which isn't very exciting. That's pretty much down the, down the numbers, but what are you going to do? Yeah, that's thrilling. Uh, 
I'm trying. To, I, I would like to like pick some oddball team. I mean, Ohio State is my big team to win. Um, I guess the scenario I'm going through in my head is I could see a world in which Miami gets hot, beats Florida State, and therefore takes the ACC crown. Yeah. But I don't think Miami will be good enough to be in the playoff. So, see, I don't think the do? Big Twelve champ. I don't think the Big Twelve champ's going to have the record to make it. Unless it's Oklahoma. If you're picking Oklahoma, then you're probably thinking Oklahoma's going to roll. Yeah, so do you get to – I mean, yeah, and then you look at outside of Bama, no one in the SEC stands out terribly. Um, look, if Bama loses to Florida State, it has got to make the SEC a little bit nervous that they're not going to make the playoff this year. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, that's not a disqualifying loss, but – you got to think Alabama is going to be the SEC rep. Um, they're so much better than everyone else in the conference. If they lose to Florida State, if they lose another game down the line, which is you know not outside the realm of possibility, that's a two-loss team. And you're going to be looking at some of those other conferences. They're going to have some stout champions out there, probably. Because the SEC is now, I think, in the pecking order behind the ACC and the Pac-12. And then you have an Ohio State team, which is likely – you know, to be dominating the polls, that could it could be a beauty contest between the SEC and the Big Twelve champ. And if Oklahoma rolls, you know, thirteen and one, you know, a twelve and two or eleven and two Bama team could miss. Yeah, that's an interesting scenario. That'd be great. That'd be <laughs> so awesome. It's almost my dream. That's almost better than us winning the conference. Is, is Alabama winning the SEC and missing the playoffs? God, that would be awesome. So let's go Ohio State, USC, Oklahoma, and Bama. That's going to yeah. be my four. Yeah. I, until proven otherwise, you got to have Bama. I mean, I'm just saying that's my dream for them to miss. Yeah. But No, me too. But I just can't see. I can't see, you know. I can't see. Even if they lose Florida State. But it, it, does, it will make – for a little bit of a pucker. Yeah. Because then Bama has to run the table. Yeah, they got to wise up fast. Or hope for chaos. One of the two. Which, maybe we're back, you know? It's 10-year anniversary of the crazy 2007 season. So. Yeah, that'd be great for us. Let's do it. That would be a lot of fun. <coughs> Let us hit the mailbag. Okay. There's only a few. All right. Um, all right. First, all right. Ryan Dewey, what are the odds McMillan and Narcisse both transfer before next season starts? Pretty I, low. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen. Um, I, first I of all, I think McMillan. McMillan's in the program. Yeah. I, I think just, McMillan knows what he is. Yeah. And it, look, look, I think it'd be better for Narcissi to – Narcisse to redshirt this year because that way he has a path to, to be a starter when Brennan leaves. Yeah, the, the, I could see it going two ways because I also could see them thinking if they let him nibble, and by nibble I mean like the Paraloo package that everyone is yeah. sort of tap dancing around right now. Yeah. That he gets that experience and that's sort of his path. He has a long ways to go as a passer. So, yeah, I, I would like him to 
redshirt. Look, LSU stood by him when he had a lot of injuries and he lost a lot of interest. Yeah, I I think you can you can justify redshirting him. I would like to redshirt him too, but I think he's going to play. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But if anyone's on the goal line package, I prefer it to be McMillan because I think he's earned it. If that makes any. I know McMillan's never going to be our starter, barring anything crazy. Um, but I'd like for him to, you know, see the field. Yeah. Uh, his He wrote this in the same tweet, but he also said we have to take a quarterback in the 2018 class. And I say yes. We need to take a quarterback yes. in every class. Yes. has to happen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Jacob Hibbard, besides Bama, which game on LSU's schedule makes you the most nervous? I think it's Tennessee. Okay. Uh, Tennessee historically owns LSU. And also, I think they're better than people are giving them credit for, which is, you know, just screams trap game. Yeah. So that, that's the game that's making me the, nemo, the most nervous. It's a pretty good one. Um, it's a tough question because, like, I mean, Auburn, I don't know. It, like you're perpetually just scared of that game because it's just a yeah. big game every year. So I don't know. Um, so I guess Auburn. I don't know. No, that's fair. That was my other choice, but I didn't want to say the obvious. Yeah. Um, what are your takeaways from O making Etling the starter? Still Jacob Hibbert. I take away nothing from it. I never had any doubt that Etling was going to be the starter. You cynic. Um, and it's, look, the guy was our starter last year, comes back to bench him without a single snap being taken live is would just be a demoralizing blow. That That is something you don't do to your, your returning quarterback. <laughs> um, will he be replaced as the year goes on? Eh, maybe. But there was no chance that he was not going to be our starter for BYU. That None. was his second question was, does Brennan surpass him by the end of the season? So, I think I do legitimately think O approached it clean slate and said, Danny has to go win the job. Um, I think he made him earn the job, and I think that's a good thing. Um, I'm not surprised he was named the starter. I expected him to be named the starter. I do think Brennan will end up being the starter before the year's over. I think that's very possible. I think Brennan, I think Brennan's definitely going to see meaningful action. Um, I don't want to go quite as far to say he'll be the starter because it's hard to take the starting job from a guy who's playing well. And I don't think Etling is going to drop the ball, but Brennan is definitely going to push him and he's going to play. And honestly, I can see a scenario where Brennan takes the job without LSU even losing a game. Yeah. So, I, and I will say, I don't, I like Brennan. I don't want him to take the starting job. I, to me, Etling playing great is the ideal scenario this year. But I don't see that either. I think Etling, yeah. well, Etling is he, he could. Well, I, I compare him to Drew Locke a lot. I think that's a pretty fair comparison. He was an, you know has a nice year, takes care of the football, throws for some yards here and there. I'll take it. But I actually want Brennan pushing him and. Brennan clearly has a higher ceiling. The problem is, is Brennan has a much lower floor. Yep. 100%. Um, is Etling's utility as a starting quarterback limited by his noticeable lack of Bama bangs? 
uh, the Bama Bangs do not help you because Alabama quarterbacks really haven't been that good. I mean, not really. Yeah, not really. Yeah, I needed them to. Yeah. Um, and last, I think it's the last question. Yeah. All right. Um, if Austin Allen was on this team, do you think it would change expectations? I think Allen is Etlin's, Etling's ceiling. And then <laughs> the Mets theory. That's the Mets theory, and he follows it up with, look forward to hearing the answer on January. In January. Um, I just compared him to Drew Locke. Um, Allen, is, that'd be fine for Etling. I don't yeah, that's probably a ceiling. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, he's a good solid quarterback, but I don't think it would change anything because I don't think Etling has a very low floor. Um, I, I think they're in the same neighborhood. Um, if they're not the same quarterback, they're at least – and if they're not in the same neighborhood, they're at least neighborhood adjacent. You know, yeah. It's a short car ride away. So I don't think it would change projections at all. I think what you would need to change the projections is have, you know, uh, Jacob Eason – you know, someone who could be anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. <clears throat> Elling, to me, is a really interesting player. Um, I think he's totally fine and competent. To me, I described him this way before, but, like, he is the ideal backup quarterback in that he works hard. He's going to know the offense. He's not going to make a lot of mistakes. Um, I just think, like, he's kind of Greg McElroy. That's what I see. Okay, that's fair. Hey, look, and Greg McElroy won a title, so he did, and no thanks to him, really. But you know, that's that, that's the player I believe he is, and I, I know like Seth on our site loves him, and and I think it's really because he's like the coach's quarterback. He's that kind of guy that like is going to do everything he's told to do. But I don't, and, I'm not sure that makes him a great player. I, yeah, I think that's the thing is he doesn't have that it factor that yeah. you kind of want your quarterback to have. That said, I mean, he could very well be Matt Flynn. Yeah, and, and I also don't think it, Matt Flynn was a great quarterback. So yeah, I don't think, but he wasn't bad. You know, you win a title with Matt Flynn. Yeah, I mean, you will not win a title if Danny Etling is your best player on offense, but you can win with him as your starting quarterback. Does that make sense? Yeah. As long as you have other, as long as you have other weapons, I'm fine with it. And I think that's the that's what ultimately makes you more skeptical of this LSU team is maybe Etling on last year's team fully formed without losing to Wisconsin in week one in a good offense was enough for that team to be in the playoff. And this yeah. year's team, I think we need a little bit more out of the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if he doesn't get a concussion against Auburn and yeah. plays the Wisconsin game, two games go the other way, yeah. The Florida game, you know, they don't let Fournette play hurt. Yeah. I think I still think that's the decision to kill the season. Um, you know, I like, you know, and Godfrey's really great piece if you guys haven't read it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's outstanding. Godfrey does great work all the time. I really was I happy really- to see O own that loss and say, like, he didn't do a good job controlling the team's demeanor. He shouldn't have let Fournette play. Like, he took it on him. So, Which I like to see, but at the same time... He's been in the game for so long. I don't want him to be admitting his mistakes. I want him to not be making those mistakes. Yeah. But yes, it is. It's better to own them than to not own them. Well, at least for me, it was like at least he's aware that that was the problem. Yes, I agree you know? with that. 
It's a, it, it kind of got to a point where it was like Miles didn't even seem to know what the problems were anymore. I, that, I that's think, how it felt. I think he knew what the problem was. He just I think he went into every year with the plan. We're going to throw the ball more. We're going to open up the offense. But it went against his his instincts as a person. So as soon as something bad happened, he tightened up. And, you know, they went back to conservative play calling and, you know, running the ball because the first pick blew his mind kind of thing. It's the old George Foreman thing. Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Tyson. It was originally George Foreman. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't like Tyson getting credit for George Foreman's lines. <laughs> I've never heard that credited to George Foreman. <laughs> That's it. That's all our questions. So, all right. Well, you know, short, short so, yeah, mailbag. Well, I will say that I, this year does have the potential to have some craziness to it. I mean, I know we picked the big favorites, but that's kind of in the absence of anyone else. If that makes any sense, I think this is a year that's ripe where a lot of things can happen. I mean, I don't think Bama's as good as they were, so I think they're ripe. It's just you need someone to step up. Um, I mean, I love the teams in the Pac-12, but there's a lot of teams that can put it together out there. I think Oregon can, you know, come out of nowhere. I think Washington could win that thing again. You know, the ACC, Florida State, clearly the front runner, but you know, we both identified Miami as being a team that can knock them off. Um, so I think there's a lot of potential for craziness out there, which is kind of exciting. I think so too. The biggest takeaway is just enjoy the season. College football is about to be back, and we don't really know what this LSU team will be yet. And I have high hopes, and others are more skeptical. And the thing for me is I'm not going to sit here and piss and moan and hate it if for some reason we're 6-6. Six and six. Like, I'm not going to be happy about it, but you know what? It's great having college football, so just yeah. enjoy the season. I think that's the best way to say it. Just college football is back. Enjoy the ride.